Thanks so much for spending a few moments with us here at CatholicPhilly.com. We are the digital media channel of the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, bringing you news of the Catholic faith as it's lived out here, and thanks to our partner, Catholic News Service, across the nation and the world. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with our editor, Matt Gambino. Matt, great to see you. It's great to be here, Gina. Three feet away from me there at your microphone. (laughs) But as for the studio, we're actually on the road today here at St. Charles Borromeo Seminary in Wynwood, Pennsylvania. For our annual Lenten tradition, we put the seminarians completely on the spot. and We ask them to explain to us all of the Sunday Gospels of Lent. So far, we've had two young men up for the challenge, and our third one today is Jacob Sands. Jacob, welcome. Thank you for having me, Gina. Great, Jacob. Now, you are from... Uh, Radom Taurus Mater Seminary. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, so Radom Taurus Mater is a seminary for the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, but it is, a, it is a Catholic diocesan seminary, but it forms men not only for the diocesan priesthood, which is, of course, our, our mission for the sake of the Catholic community, but also it forms us for the new evangelization that John Paul II called for uh, back during his papacy, uh, the importance of going out, to, especially to the nations that, that need the most uh, help with the evangelization, with the announcement of the gospel, and that that can take place uh, wherever, even in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, where there might need some help for those who are out there who are scared, who are scared to come to church, who are scared of the announcement of the gospel, and really need that announcement. Excellent. And where are you from originally? So I'm originally from a far away place called New Jersey. New Jer- I grew up in New Jersey. Where from? South or North? I'm from North Jersey. Oh, I'm well. actually happened to be from the same hometown as Archbishop Perez. He's actually from the next parish over. My mother grew up in his parish and my grandmother actually knows his mother when she was in the choir. Oh, that is wonderful. Small world, huh? Shout out. What town was that? What town That's was that? West New York, New Jersey. That's a tongue twister. West New York, New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's wonderful. Jersey's all good. Jersey's all good. All right. Well, with no further ado, Matt, what is the gospel for the third Sunday of Lent? We'll be hearing from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13, verses 1 to 9, in which Jesus is speaking to the people about repentance. And he does this in telling a parable about a fig tree. And the basic lesson is that if we are given the time and the opportunity and nurturing, that we can find repentance and mercy from our Lord. And so uh, that is the gospel we'll hear. And so I'm curious, um, Jacob, what is your take on this gospel? Uh, What is it trying to teach us this week? This was actually a really tough gospel. It took me a lot of prayer and a lot of reading over, a lot of study, simply because it sounds like Jesus is being almost a little harsh to these to these people who are bringing their their problem towards Jesus. But it's as I was reading it, as I was praying on it, I realized how necessary it is what Jesus was telling them. The, the big line that actually is repeated twice in this gospel is, if you do not repent, you will perish in the same way as them. Uh, speaking about those Galileans that Pilate mixed their blood with the sacrifice and whatnot. And this is an important saying simply because Jesus is calling all the people to repentance. And what does it mean, repentance? Repentance is a complete 180 almost, a complete change in direction. Because we can always go to confession and say, oh, I I plan to finish with this sin. I plan to cut away, but we can simply go into it the next day. And there is no repentance. There is no desire to have a new way of life, which is so important, especially in Lent, to consider a new way of living towards the resurrected Christ, towards that new man that Jesus wants us to be. And so Jesus calls these people 
to repentance or they will perish in the same way. And what he means by in the same way is this sort of sudden death. Because there is one, a lot of my professors like to say, and a lot of priests I know like to say, there is one absolute positive, sure truth in every single human being, which is that we're all going to die. And this is, while it sounds negative, it is a truth. And it's not in a sense a bad thing, but it's a thing we have to prepare ourselves for, which is why Jesus is calling these people to repentance, to to creating that new man, to living as that, that man who lives totally for heaven, who lives every single day for heaven, not afraid of death, but knowing that the way that he lives will bring him towards eternal life. Because I think many people uh, might live simply going to church, kind of just sitting in a pew, doing what they have to do, going through a motion, and then simply leaving and, and going on their own way, which can ultimately be destructive. The, the, the important part of the Christian life is to go out. The last words that, that the deacon says or the priest will say is go in peace or go and announce the gospel of the Lord by your lives. This is what the Christian is called to do, to go out and to live the Christian life, to live the gospel message in work, in school, at home, with the family, with, with extended family who might not even agree with our Catholic faith. Every single day to go and to announce that gospel of the Lord is the most important part. Sounds like that daily work to do that is a cultivation, something you've got to work at but it will have a good fruit to it. And it sets a little bit about our gospel is talking about here with this fig tree. Now, fig tree is a really delicate tree. It can die easily. Um, but, you know, as the man is saying in the parable, we've looked at this thing for three years. It hasn't given any fruit at all. We should get rid of it. But the gardener says, let me cultivate it. Let me work with it. Is that something similar about what you're saying? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, Matt. Because the the per, the Christian is called to give fruit. It sounds a little little harsh what this what this master of this land is saying. You know, cut it down. It's not giving fruit. But the gardener, who in this case is Jesus Christ, saying, relax. He's speaking to his father, saying, relax, relax. I want them to give fruit. He wants us to give fruit. But the Lord is also a just judge. But the important thing to remember is that the Lord always wants us to give fruit. And we have that chance. We have that chance to give fruit. You know, I, I've seen many fig trees uh, throughout my life. And I've seen how, how delicate people take care of them and how, how important it is just to put the right amount of even a little bit of, a little bit too much manure can destroy the tree. So the Lord wants to, to give us that perfect uh, amount of, of love and care and tenderness as well as, as, a, as a little bit of harsh movement, a, li a little push towards doing his will, which sometimes hurts, but it will bear fruit. The problem is if we don't allow it to bear fruit, if we, if we start resisting the will of God that wants to make fruit for us, it's our own total destruction. We're cutting ourselves down almost. Even though this, this parable speaks about a tree that wouldn't be able to speak for itself, the Lord is giving us the chance to, to act on for ourselves, to bear fruit ourselves through his, through his grace, obviously, but always to bear fruit on our own. And so he wants us to, to bear fruit, but if we don't, where are we headed is the real question. That's an excellent point because so many people say, well, I can't believe God would ever create a hell or judge me and I can't stand that fact and I just don't think that's right. But we put ourselves there. We're the ones that choose not to be fruitful, choose not to accept the grace, choose to shut God out. Talk a little bit more about that. What are some of the ways that we refuse to work with Christ in, in learning to bear fruit? Well, many times the Lord will put people in our lives that, that he desires that we announce the good news to. I know I have many family members that even I've had 
trouble going to it and, and speaking about my entrance into the seminary, going into the priesthood, which I've had family members who have been very resistant to it. And my, my idea to, to even possibly become a priest to them is foreign. So the Lord definitely puts people in our lives that he wants us to announce the gospel to, and also many events in our lives that are difficult to accept, right? Some hard, some hard things in our lives can be, for example, the death of a loved one, maybe the loss of a job, maybe a, a debt that, that is really difficult to pay. And we, we can think, how, you know, how does God want me to be in this situation? How can I bear fruit is the big question. You know, I have all these problems. How am I going to bear fruit? How is that going to be possible? Because I, I, can't, I can't see the love of God in this moment. But he does love us in every single moment. And that's the biggest fruit we could bear. Is that in the suffering, we can say, you know, God is here. God is definitely here. I've seen, I've learned that with my, I've seen it with my own eyes with my parents. You know, in the midst of the, uh, a difficult debt that they had, having many children. I'm the oldest of 11 children. And, uh, and having many children, having a difficulty paying off the house, my dad had a difficulty at work and all this, my dad never lost faith once, not because of his own merit, but because he, he knew that God was going to provide. And that is what, probably the biggest way we can say we cannot reject the Lord, that in the midst of suffering, we do not reject the Lord. I remember in all that, on top of that, he lost his father. And at the funeral, he, he said, I'm the only one who's not crying. And everybody was shocked. And he said, because I know that Jesus Christ will provide in this moment. And he did. He did. My grandmother is very happy. She's always going to church with the family. It's, it's, it's amazing. The, he, paid, he paid off the house. We did a huge renovation. It's, the, the way that God worked was absolutely amazing. And what's interesting to me is that fruit bears fruit. Fruit contains the seeds for more fruit. And you can see that intergenerationally in your family, as you've just described. So it's not just fruit for our present benefit, but fruit that will last and that will transcend generations. That's a great point, Gina, just because I was thinking um, how many people I've met in life that I've met on, I've seen on their deathbed and I've known them for years and they're, they're on their deathbed, never afraid of death, but saying, I give thanks to God because of, because my child is in the church today. I actually was recently at the funeral of a man from Pottstown uh, who was, he, he died in peace. He died of a cancer, but he died in peace because his children were in the church, which he always prayed for. He always wanted his children in the church. And that day, all his children were at the church, at the funeral. And he, he was saying, he was so happy on his deathbed, just giving thanks to the Lord. And I've seen it with so many other people who have, who have evangelized, who have, who have given up everything for the sake of the announcement of the gospel, priests, families, lay people, who have all told me that they give thanks to God and they're not afraid of death because they know that they have borne some form of a fruit. They're not afraid of the judgment of the Lord. Not in a sense because, oh, I'm a good guy. I'm, I got my seat right in heaven. And so I got my seat great in heaven and I'm so excited. And it's not about that. It's about the fruit has been born and they can see it. And the amount of fruits that are going to be born after that is even more insane. It's like it seems as though once the person dies, more fruits gain. More fruits seem to get bigger and bigger, and they gain, and they're more. And it's just, it's an absolute uh, beautiful thing to see. It's really a beautiful thing to see. And so how do you think that people can do that cultivation in their own their own life? How can they have that increase of fruit in their life? What can they do? Uh, definitely don't be afraid to be Christian. That was uh, something a priest told me, who's actually now a bishop in New Mexico, happened to be the bishop the priest at the time who married my parents. It was his first wedding. And I remember when I was a kid, he would always say, 
um, the, fir- the thing that struck him to move him to be a priest was with the words of John Paul II at the beginning of his papacy. Don't be afraid to open wide the doors to Christ. Don't be afraid to be Christian. He also said at the, at the World Youth Day in Santiago de Compostela in Spain in 1988. And he said, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to be Catholic. And I think that's the biggest way to cultivate. Because we can say scripture study is important. The sacraments, receive the Eucharist, go to church, pray. These are all beautiful things and important for our lives. But it starts with us not willing to be afraid. Because if we're afraid, we, we, can't, we can't show our Catholic face at work or at school or in the family or wherever, or even with our Catholic friends, sometimes we're afraid to be too Catholic. That was my problem growing up. I was afraid to be a little too Catholic, right? Oh, man, I go to, I go to church every week when these guys are just uh, Easter, uh, Christmas Catholics. But, um, so the importance is to not be afraid. That's number one to bear fruit. Because from there, God can, God can work. God can work in marvelous ways, but the first step we have to do is to, to embrace our baptism. And that's why when the soil is too hard, it can't receive that seed. But once that seed is planted, absolutely, all bets are off. Absolutely. That, Wonderful. Is, that is so true. Jacob, thank you so much for spending time with us and breaking open the word for us. We really appreciate it. We wish you all the best on your journey to priesthood and through Lent. Please be assured of our prayers, and we hope you'll come back soon. I hope to as well. <laughs> Take care. God bless. You've been listening to CatholicPhilly.com from the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. Thanks so much to our publisher, Archbishop Nelson Perez, our editor, Matt Gambino, to our seminarians and to you, our listeners, and of course, to our Lord, without whom none of this would be possible. You can find us online at CatholicPhilly.com, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Catholic Philly. I'm your host, Gina Christian, and until next time, may God bless and keep you.